It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're Locked On Wild, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat, and today will be the first installment in a series of episodes that I'm calling Wild Flashback, where we'll take a look back at past moments in wild history and discuss them based on what you guys wanted me to talk about. So today we're going to be talking about the infamous Martin Hansel trade from the 2016-2017 season. And I know people have a lot of opinions on this and the trade and the motivations behind it. But so, yeah, no, we're going to talk about the Martin Hansel trade today. But first, I just want to remind you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to Lockdown Wild so that you'll get the podcast automatically sent to you every time it uploads each other day. So for now, so. First off, you know, the trade happened on February 27th, 2017, uh, just about six days after the Wilds' last game, which was a 5-3 to loss at home to the Chicago Blackhawks, which I'll talk about that a little bit later, but that game actually had a bit of an influence in this trade. But, you know, the, the Wilds at the time were one of the best teams in the NHL, one of the best in the conference. They were absolutely on fire with the record of 39-14-6, and, and at the time, you know, they, they they were good. They were rolling good. There were no problems, but they made this trade anyways because they thought they were putting all their chips in the table and going for their first legitimate run out of Stanley Cup. And so the trade sent uh, Martin Hansel, Ryan White, and a 2017 fourth-round pick to the Wild. And in exchange, they gave the Arizona Coyotes their first-round pick in 2017 that season, their second-round pick in 2018, a 2019 conditional fourth-round pick, and minor league forward Grayson Downing. Now, Martin Hansel was a six foot six, big kind of two-way center who did have some offensive skill. And in that season so far, in 51 games played, he had 16 goals, 10 assists for 26 points. And the other player the Wild got in that trade, Ryan White, who was a bit of a more tough physical fourth-line enforcer, who in 46 games played with the Coyotes, had seven goals, six assists for 13 points. So, you know, nothing too flashy out of these, either of those players, but from the Wild standpoint, it seemed like they were showing up their center depth for a long run when they were going to have to play tough teams like St. Louis, Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. And that was kind of their goal there. And to the Arizona Coyotes, the Wild sent, like I said earlier, a first-round pick that year, a second-round pick the next year, and a 2019 conditional fourth-round pick, along with minor league forward Grayson Downing. So, you know, a fairly significant load of draft picks going back to the Arizona Coyotes there. And, I mean, you know, at the time, I, I was pretty happy with the trade. I mean, you know, the Wild were hottest team in the league. Everyone thought, okay, this is their year. I mean, we've waited so long for them to be a dominant top tier team in the league and they're finally here so who really cares about draft picks you know it's not gonna matter after we've won a Stanley Cup anyways so but I mean you know as as we'll talk about later that didn't work out but any you know the three draft picks it was a bit of a heavy price but most people were okay with it at least most wild fans were okay with it at the time and you know like I said it, it was a bit much but no one really had too much problem with it and it was thought that okay the wild were going to continue on this this hot streak I mean they had it's been about a month since their 12 game win streak I believe where I think in the December to January months, they won 12 games in a row, which is a franchise record, but they'd still been very great uh, in the next couple months after that, in that stretch right before the trade deadline. And they were really, really, really one of the best teams in the league. I mean, I can't convey to you how good they were. I mean, Devin Dubnik was up until March, which we'll talk about later, through that 
through that trade, he was the best goal in the league, and he was going to win the Vesna if he kept that play up, no doubts about it. Uh, they had they were scoring everywhere. The, every player in the wild was that in career year. Um, Kyle Granlin finally broke out. Jason Zucker bounced back. Uh, you know, Zach Parisi, even though he was hurt, was still as good as new, usual. And guys like Ryan Suter, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Bernie, Matt Dumba were still, you know, as rock solid as they always had been on the blue line. So the Wilds were a very good team that year. And we're, I guess I just want to turn back the clock a little bit, going back six days to February 21st, 2017. About a week before this trade was made, the Wild had a home game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And it was a very close game, very competitive, entertaining game. I, I watched the highlights back here a couple days ago. And, you know, the Wild were down throughout most of the game, but they put out a late charge, down by two goals in the third period. They were actually down by two goals twice uh, with the goal by Zach Parisi to cut it to four to three late in the third period and after a bunch of pressure uh on the Blackhawks goal to score to tie the game including a hit post by Ryan Suter they were unable to tie it and the Blackhawks would score an empty net goal and win that game five to three and I think the key point here from this game is that Jonathan Taves uh for the Blackhawks their captain who was having a bit of a rough year that year he wasn't producing that much had a five-point game the night he was just absolutely dominant the best player on the ice and he was pretty much having his way with the wild, doing whatever he wanted to, skating wherever he wanted to, shooting whenever he wanted to. And so, you know, as we learned later on from uh, Mike Russo over at The Athletic, that uh, the wild and specifically GM Chuck Fletcher at the time, after seeing Jonathan Taves torch them for five points in that game, apparently were like kind of reminded of, you know, the previous two or three times that they played, three times that they played the Blackhawks in the playoffs where they were just, except for the 2014 series. But other than that, they were just steamrolled. Like the Blackhawks had no trouble beating the Wild in the playoffs. So supposedly they were a little scared into that thinking, okay, well, you know, they got this big, these big tough centers down the middle and we need to go get this Martin Hansel guy from the Coyotes because one, if we don't, another team like the Blackhawks or St. Louis is going to get him and then we'll have to play him in the playoffs and we'll be screwed. And, you know, also they figured, hey, Hansel's a six foot six center. You know, he's not the fastest skater, but he's big. He's very good on faceoffs, and he can chip in some offense from the third line. So a lot thought they were getting a pretty good deal from that respect because, you know, Chuck Fletcher felt the need to after past experiences to make that trade. But as we'll talk about later on in the show, I kind of question the thinking there because, you know, why fix something that isn't broken? But anyways, overall, you know, that game had a lot of impact in the trade. Overall, was you know questionable at the time, but mostly everyone, including myself, was very supportive of it, very happy because you know we thought the Wild were going to all end, we're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, but unfortunately that did not happen. So coming up next on Lockdown Wild, we're going to talk about the effects the trade had on the rest of the season, including the last twenty-five games or so and the playoffs. If you're like me, the last few months from working from home has been kind of tough to get motivated to get up and get going each day. A lot of times, especially when you're working from home, you just go, it's hard to get motivated, like I said, just to get up and to work. But what if I told you that there was a new gel from the people over who make also from the company that also makes the great protein and energy bars, Built Bar, called Built Go. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy isn't fake. It's lasting and natural. Whether it's a, you know, like I said, whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Build Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, put it in your backpack for whenever you go anywhere, and it'll help you power through the day. And it's, it's the best workout gel on the market, the best. And it's essentially a five hour energy without the same crash feeling at the end. Plus, it's made with natural ingredients, so it's much better for your body. And there's delicious flavors such as peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate milk. 
And, uh, you know, the other, when I mentioned that they're very healthy, they combine energy gel with collagen protein, which is a fast absorbing protein. So it gets into your system fast. Plus it's easy on the stomach and it's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, such as beta alanine, B3 vitamin, B6 vitamin, B12 vitamin, and honey. So again, it tastes good. It's got a little bit of sweet to it, but the gel is also it has a lot of healthy ingredients for you and will give you a more natural boost to your day. And as I said, collagen, the collagen protein promotes joint, sock tissue, hair, and skin health. It also literally makes you feel better. I love it. I'm sure you'll love it. And as I said, it's built by the, it's made by the same people who make Built Bar. So, you know, if you Built Bar's. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Already great, so Built Go has got to be even better, right? So again, if you want to if you want to get a little offer on BuiltGo.com, you can visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! We're back here on Lockdown Wild on our first edition of Wild Flashback discussing the Martin Hansel trade from 2017. And as I said in the previous break, we kind of talked about just what the trade was itself and the events leading up to the trade. But now we're going to get into the aftermath of the trade in that specific 2017 season. But first, I want to just kind of remind you all that on Friday I will be doing a mailbag episode where I'll be answering any and all questions on the wild hockey or myself that you would like to ask me so send in mailbag questions you can uh, send them to the show twitter account at locked on wild or you can also send them to my personal account at zb wild nation underscore hw so be sure to do that I'll be happy to answer any of your questions on Friday's episode so the Martin Hansel trade after it as I said at the time of the trade after it was made the wild were 39 14 and 6 and both Hansel and White actually did play in a game the day the trade was made on February the 27th in a 5-4 to overtime win against the LA Kings with Ryan White scoring one goal in the game. And Martin Hansel, while not putting up any points, if I remember, he was still looked pretty good for first game being traded literally hours before. So, uh, you know, that was very interesting. And after the trade, it was a bit of a, a, bit of a rough slotting for the Wild, although I would maybe not really point that or pin that on Hansel and White themselves because after five months as a as the Vezina front runner, Devin Dubnik kind of fell off a cliff there in March and was just not good really at all. But so, you know, you don't want to put too much of the blame on those guys there. But anyways, after the trade, the Wild finished the season with the record of 10, 11, and 2 in their last 23 games. After a very rough March where there were 4, 10, and 2, uh, they had a very good last five games of April, and they were also good the first few games after the trade. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that immediately in the regular season, uh, Hansel and Ryan White really hurt the team. Because, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers, in 20 games played in the regular season with the Wilds, Martin Hansel put up four goals, nine assists for 13 points. So, you know, not not bad at all. I mean, that's around a 50-point pace over an 82-game season as the third-line center. So, you know, you can't really complain what you got out of Martin Hansel in the last 20 games of the regular season because he pretty much gave you what you would expect out of a player like him and I mean Ryan White was he was a fourth liner physical you know kind of enforcer type and he had two goals and three assists in 19 games and you know another guy who wasn't spectacular but he wasn't really hurting the team very much and he gave them some depth I guess on the third and fourth line so you know not horrible returns from those guys in the regular season but as we'll kind of talk about here in a minute 
at the time when the trade was made, you had, the Wild had Eric Howla slotted in as a third-line center. And Howla has always been a more a speedy, skilled kind of guy who, you know, for some reason in Minnesota never really got the shot higher in the lineup that he probably deserved. And at the time, he was playing very well as a third-line center. The team was clicking. He was clicking. He was doing great. He was even scoring a little bit. And after the trade was made, he was bumped down to the fourth-line center role. And from all reports, the last few years after that season, that obviously had a deep effect on him that he thought, well, hey, wait a minute. We're all playing great. The team's playing great. I'm playing great at my role. Why are you changing up, bringing this outside guy 60 games into the season when I've been doing great and the team's been doing great? And, you know, that that was obviously a big impact. I mean, you know, not to say that there was never anything that said Hansel was a bad teammate or anything or that, you know, the guys in the locker room didn't like him. That's far from the case. But, you know, it definitely... You could. De- it's definitely conceivable that it messed up with team chemistry because, like I said a bunch of times already, up to that point, the Wilds were one of the best teams in the league. They were absolutely fantastic through most of that 2016-2017 regular season. And it seemed like that Hansel trade kind of threw everybody off a little bit, unfortunately, and specifically with Eric Cole being the prime example of that. And, you know, it's, it's just it's, it's unfortunate, I mean, because you thought bringing in Hansel, you're just fortifying your center depth. But, you know, as the old saying goes, with the Wild being so great at the time, don't fix something that isn't broken. I mean, I've I've talked about that point for the last three years now in several articles on HockeyWillers.com is that you don't fix something that isn't broken. And unfortunately, Chuck Fletcher, GM of the Wild at the time, tried to fix something that was broken. And it just, from that point, didn't really end up working out too well for them. And then, you know, like I said, they were both Hansel and White were fairly good in the right lap reigning regular season games for the Wild. They did their jobs, but when it came to the playoffs, it was not. It was a different story. And in the five games in the playoffs with the Wild, Martin Hansel had a goal, which was the second goal the Wild scored in the game four in St. Louis, where they staved off elimination. And he had zero assists. We only had one point, a goal in the five games. And Ryan White, who in the three games he played. Put up zero points, zero goals, zero assists. You know, not really surprising there. But the thing about Ryan White was is that, you know, he doesn't need to score, but he just needs to not be taking boneheaded penalties and getting trouble, penalty trouble on the ice. And unfortunately, he had a few times where he did, and that shows by him only playing three of the games. And the biggest mistake that Ryan White made, the most egregious, was in Game 3 in St. Louis with the Wild trailing the series two games to none. Uh, Charlie Coyle had just tied the game at 1-1, and the Wilds had kind of gained back momentum and were seemingly going to maybe start taking over this game. But I can't remember exactly what penalty was. I think it maybe have been a trip or something, but Ryan White took a penalty in the neutral zone like a minute or so after that the Wild tied the game. And then on the ensuing power play, as you can guess, uh, St. Louis scored on a nice kind of little wraparound stuff on the side of the net to make give themselves a 2-1 lead right back effectively kind of canceling all the momentum the Wild had gained up to that point. And, I mean, from that moment on, while the Wild did have a few good scoring chances the rest of the game, you know, the, the Blues, come most, for the most part, aside from one or two times, shut them down. And, you know, that was kind of the dagger and made it 3 nothing. which, you know, only four teams have come back from 3 nothing deficits in NHL history. So it was, you know, I really put the Wild in a bad hole, and that was a, it was a terrible penalty. It was a boneheaded play. And, you know, unfortunately, it's probably the defining moment of Ryan White's tenure with the Wild. And so, you know, overall, like I said, both Hansel and White, neither of them were too, too horrible. I mean, you know, Hansel produced pretty well for his role. Ryan White, you know, he didn't pretty, he produced three points, you know, not terrible, but he did in the regular season be pretty good. But, you know, when it came to the playoffs, they didn't, either of those guys really showed up. Although, I mean, I guess nobody on the team showed up, but, 
overall, the net impact on the team with that trade was not good. And as we'll see in the third segment here coming up in a few minutes, that the, the what the Wild gave up in terms of draft picks and prospects to get those two guys, you know, ends up not being worth it because, you know, he gave up three draft picks for 20 game, regular season games and a five-game first-round exit of a third-line center and a fourth-line or a replacement-level enforcer checking guy. So, you know, not too great there. Uh, unfortunately, it did not work out. But, hey, I'll give the Wild credit. I'll give Chuck Fletcher credit. They went for it. You know, previous years, the Wild, you know, they, they'd been an okay team. They'd been a bubble team, you know, one of the two wild card spots. But that season, they were tops in the Western Conference for most of the season. And Chuck Fletcher decided, you know, whether or not, yeah, he was a little bit misplaced in trying to fix something that wasn't broken. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That's debatable. I certainly think so, but he did go for it. So you got to give them some credit there that they saw their team was good uh, and they wanted to go for the Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out and they probably made the wrong move. But coming up on the next segment, we'll be talking about the impact the trade has had today. Welcome back to Lockdown Wild here for the first edition of Wild Flashback, talking about the Martin Hansel trade with the Arizona Coyotes. Now, like in the previous two segments, we kind of talked about the trade itself and the impacts that it's had on the Wild. Now we're going to be getting into on the impacts it's had on the Wild and Coyotes today. So... As I said, just a quick recap on the trade. The Wilds acquired Martin Hansel, Ryan White, and a 2017 fourth-round pick from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for the Wilds' 2017 first-round pick, 2018 second-round pick, and a 2019 conditional fourth-round pick, as well as a minor league forward, Grayson Downing, who played for the Iowa Wild and never advanced to the NHL with the Coyotes. So that was the trade. As we talked about, I believe it was kind of an attempt to fix something that wasn't broken with the Wild that season. Uh, you know, as we know, it didn't really work out for a lot of the time. But just to, before we get into that, remember to subscribe and follow the show on your favorite podcast app uh, to get the latest episodes of Locked on Wild every day that they come out. You know, we're on every podcast platform that you can pretty much find. So be sure to subscribe so you get those episodes every day. And so, you know, like I said, the trade not too didn't work out too well in the Wild's favor, but they did get a fourth round pick out of this. I forgot to mention that as well. The wild actually did get a fourth round pick back in that trade as well, uh, which they used 97th overall in 2017 to select center Mason Shaw, who despite having a couple pretty nasty knee injuries two years in a row that have, you know, potentially hampered his development and prevented him from reaching a ceiling. He's a pretty talented playmaking center who while small still has some skill. So, you know, that wasn't a bad pick in terms, but you know, if you get into the meat of this trade, what the Wild gave the Arizona Coyotes coming back the other way. They gave up the 27, their 2017 first round pick, which ended up being 23rd overall. And with that 23rd overall pick, the Coyotes used it to select defenseman Pierre Olivier Joseph, a defenseman out of the QMJHL, who, while never being a too great of an offensive producer, was a very solid, seemed like keeping a very solid bottom four, kind of bottom two pairing defenseman. And Actually, he was actually traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a trade a year or two ago. So he's no longer a Coyotes player in their system. But anyways, a solid pick. And there were other solid players available around that spot, too. 
And the, the 2018 second round pick ended up being 55th overall. And with that pick, the Arizona Coyotes selected defenseman Kevin Ball from the Ontario Hockey League. And also, this was another prospect that they ended up trading uh, as Kevin Ball was one of the centerpieces in the Taylor Hall trade uh, this past season. So, and I guess also I, I got to mention too, the 2019 fourth round pick that the Arizona Coyotes acquired from the wild was traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, in a separate trade a year or two later. So, you know, while the Coyotes really don't, and Grayson Downing, I should also mention, never really made the NHL. So while the Coyotes never have, don't really have anything left out of this trade, I mean, they traded the first round pick, the play, prospect they selected there, they traded the second round pick and the prospect they selected there, and they traded the fourth round pick that they got from the Wild outright. So the Coyotes have not really seen the benefit from it. I mean, yes, they used some of those guys in, in other trades to get players, but I mean, Kevin Ball, the, they went for Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, obviously left in free agency, free agency to sign with the Buffalo Sabres after their first round loss in the playoffs. So, you know, I guess you I guess you can't really say there's a huge winner in this trade from that standpoint because, you know, while, yes, the Wild are the one who gave up three high picks for a rental third and fourth line forwards, and they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs, but it's not like the Coyotes really got a ton out of this either. I mean, they got pierre Olivier joseph who they traded. They got Kevin Ball in the second round, who they traded for... 35 games and nine playoff games to Taylor Hall. You know, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, you want, you would think you would say the Coyotes are the winner of this trade, but then again, I mean, they didn't really get much out of it. So, but you know, I mean, that doesn't really matter from that standpoint. I mean, everyone knows the wild were probably, I should say are probably the losing this trade. I mean, they gave up first to second round pick for, as I said, third and fourth line forwards who, you know, while they weren't terrible, they just really didn't seem to fit into the team after the season ended and after the dust settled. And unfortunately, they just did not advance far in the playoffs. Hansel and White both uh, left in free agency. Hansel signed a three-year deal with the Dallas Stars in the 2017 offseason. Unfortunately for him, though, he would only play 45 games over the next two seasons with the Dallas Stars, scoring six goals, six assists, 12 points in those 45 games. Uh, with, because he was having a lot of injury troubles and he was spent a lot of time on long-term injury reserve and he w- was not his contract was not renewed or it was bought out I think maybe this past summer and he has retired from the NHL just recently a few weeks ago so you know we wish we wish Martin Hansel the best uh, you know it just didn't work out in Minnesota but it's not like he was a bad hockey player I mean he did have a very solid season career with like 338 points in around 670 games so best of wishes to him Martin Hansel and his family and Ryan White as we know did not play in the NHL after 2017 he was next spent the next two two seasons in the AHL and he actually did was back in the wild organization in a way uh, in the 2017-2018 season where he signed a minor league contract with Isle Wild where he played 20 or so games uh, actually he played 23 games recording eight points with the Isle Wild to end the 2018 season so you know he didn't go very far after that and you know it's just unfortunate that this trade didn't work out. I mean, like I said, everyone at the time was thrilled that the Wild were finally going in. They were finally that high-powered offensive team that has four lines that just came at you in waves, that just attacked you, and they could score from anywhere. Their defense was great. David Dubnik was great in 2016-2017. And we all, including myself, Wise Wild fans, really thought they had a chance to win the Stanley Cup that year. And unfortunately, it just did not work out. Uh, And this trade, as I said... You know, you don't fix anything that isn't broken. And unfortunately, the Wild tried to do that. And they ended up paying the price in a lot of significant amount of futures, which is going to hurt is hurting them now when those could have been players that they could have had in their system already. 
But anyways, I think that's going to about do it for today's edition of Wild Flashback episode. Uh, before we go, I just want to remind you all to, um, uh, I'll put out a post on the Lockdown Wild Twitter account uh, later on t- later on Wednesday for asking for mailbag questions. But just a reminder that on Friday, I will be doing a mailbag episode and I will answer any of your questions, wild, NHL, hockey related, or anything else you want to ask me in that mailbag episode on Friday. So just leave any of your questions at the post at Lockdown Wild on Twitter. And you can also send them to me at ZBWildNation underscore HW if you'd like. And I guess I should also mention too that we do have a email account for the show, which you can email any questions, suggestions, or ideas for segments, guests, or mailbag questions that you ever want to have. I'd be happy to hear from you. You can email the show at LockdownWild at gmail.com. And I think that'll pretty much do it. Uh, just remember that you can find the show anywhere you listen to your podcast and be sure to subscribe so you can get the new show podcast each daily when it comes out. So now go on, go out and check out any of the other Locked On Minnesota podcasts they have, such as Locked On Timberwolves, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Twins. A lot of great content coming out of those guys and the, coming out of those people and their podcasts, such as, you know, the Timberwolves with the draft coming up soon. A lot of great draft coverage there and also with the Vikings having a very tumultuous season. So be sure to check out the other Locked On Minnesota podcasts. And you've been listening to Locked On Wild. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat, and we'll see you on Friday. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.